You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 88 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. Emma Goldman, author and anarchist, once said, if voting changed anything, they would make it illegal. Today's guest is Paul Kudenik, and Paul is an anarchist and an author. And we are going to talk about... Anarchy. So thanks for being on the podcast. That's fine, my pleasure. So tell the listeners a bit about who you are. Um, who I am? Well, I'm just somebody who's... Um, I'm, an, I'm an anarchist who also writes... Uh, some books about being an anarchist or about what I think anarchism is and uh, linking it with other ideas that interest me, in short. There are um, hundreds of types of anarchy in the world these days, uh, but so it's yeah. hard to say you know, to somebody who doesn't know what anarchy is, but if there's people listening who, you know, most people that are not into it, they equate anarchy with chaos, so let's uh, get that out of the way right away. What's what's your definition of anarchy? Well, I mean, my my definition is is, is the opposite of chaos. Really, it's that uh, anarchy is a, a sort of natural a natural order without uh, without the need for hierarchy and domination and government and so on that is being uh, smothered and prevented from existing by the uh, the system we live under today. So also, I suppose anarchism is more than that. It's more than that potential order. It's also the way that we have of fighting against the blockages that stand in our way of reaching it. So it's, it's definitely got a dynamic, active act, uh, element to it as well. So I, I suppose that's about it. A combination. Uh, it's a combination of ideas and and uh, proactive movement. I would have said. The current society, all the laws we have, they are usually ways. For for the society to protect us from the idiotic minority, you know, like there are always going to be assholes who commit uh, crimes. So we have the law to protect us from those people. But if we have a, an anarchy society, how do you see us, you know, protecting us from these people that we supposedly need laws for now? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the problems that. Uh I'd have said that a lot, of, a lot of the problems we have in our current society are a result of the way that society functions and what it does to people. And the way, for example, that uh, it values uh, material possessions over everything else, so people feel the need to, you know, to maybe to steal or to cheat in order to get material possessions because they're being, they feel excluded from society if they haven't got them. Also, generally, maybe it just sometimes turns people a bit mad to be to be to have to live in our society which which increases the amount of frustration and violence and conflict but that's not to say that uh i don't think you can imagine a society where there wouldn't be some degree of conflict of course that's that's all part of life on a on some sort of level 
and uh, that's something that we'd um, that you deal with um, as and when it occurs amongst people, which is the case now. I mean, it's only people that sort out or any problems that occur. It's just that these people, uh, you know, are employed by the state to do it rather than than, than just doing it themselves. You know, it's um, the state doesn't actually doesn't actually do anything in order to. I mean, I'd have said the state makes things worse in so many ways, but even when it is apparently helping people, it's only doing so by means of people who would exist anyway if there wasn't a state, if you see what I mean. I mean, like a nurse, for example, you know, people would talk about, well, a nurse or a doctor or a teacher are all provided by the state, but they, they don't have to be provided by the state. Those people might well fulfill that role anyway in a society without the state. Um as far as policemen are concerned, I don't think you'd have, I don't think you'd you'd have a police force in an anarchist society, obviously. But it doesn't mean that there wouldn't be people who are. Uh, it'd be more a question of mediation or um, you know, problem solution. Um, and I'm, I'm not, you know, it's uh, it, it's just people working out between themselves without the need for some hierarchy or authority that uh, is able to impose rules on people from above without them necessarily agreeing with it or having ever signed up to it in the first place. Generally in society the police have a negative um, uh, reputation and firemen usually have a very positive reputation. People respect firemen more than the police, generally. Yeah. Uh, and my uh, utopian society, there would be no police. Instead, if there was some sort of murder or some crime happened... Uh, the fireman would be the detective, not like a policeman. He would like extinguish fires and also solve murders mm. on the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could you could definitely separate that whole the whole process of finding out who did something from the the idea of the police, which is just um, you know it's just brutality and repression and violence, isn't it? It's just it's just the violent imposition of. Uh, of of one elite's self-invented rules on the whole population. Yeah, there's there's other ways of dealing with things. That's right. But you know, people when you talk about anarchy to them, they always say, "Yeah, but if uh, we had such a society, you know, people would just go crazy and uh, start killing each other." And you know, what do you normally say when people have these yeah. arguments? Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, I think that's really sad that people think that. I mean, that's, I suppose it's the result of uh, centuries of brainwashing. I, I th- I, it's got to be connected to the idea of a, original sin. I think the idea that we're all b- born guilty, which is an appalling thought, isn't it? That we're that we're in- innately bad, unless unless we sort of uh, carry out some redemptive act in order to make ourselves good somehow. But uh, you see, you see that. I mean, that's a very it's a very right wing view of society. It's sort of the idea that left to its own devices, society would fall apart and that you need, you need this firm hand of authority to make p- people behave. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it, I, mean, I, I think it's the opposite of what, what any anarchist can believe. To me, yeah, I mean, not everybody agrees with this, but to me, anarchism is, is based on a, on a confidence that naturally people would tend to cooperate and, uh, and would tend to live uh, in a, a state of mutual aid, as Kropotkin expressed it and uh, and cooperation not only because uh not because people are altogether good all the time or that they're you know they're, they're angels in some way 
But just because that's what makes sense, which is what was Kropotkin's argument was, that it makes evolutionary sense for people as well as uh, other species to cooperate. Because um, what, 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 how are you going to uh, continue as, a, as, as any species if you spend all your time killing other members of the same species and <laughs> warring with them? So although there is always be some conflict, as I say, it's no, you're never going to have a, a completely uh, harmonious and statically peaceful society. It, it's, it's not. It's, it's, people aren't generally trying to kill each other, are they? I mean, I don't. You know, I, do, I don't see that when I uh, walk out and about where I live, anyway. Uh, famous anarchist Emma Goldman, uh, in her uh, book about anarchy, she says that there's like three laws. Uh, a, a law we're born with, which is like don't rape people, <laughs> like uh, is built in, and then like a natural law, and then you have like the government's laws, and then you have uh, uh, you know evolutionary laws. Or I can't remember exactly how she puts it, but that's what I I see that uh, you know not to murder people. Usually you're born with those kind of. Uh, thinking like you know in your upbringing and then you have all these laws that you know don't walk when there's a red light you know that's the government's laws yeah yeah i mean there's obviously there are a lot of laws a lot of a lot of ideas of right and wrong that uh that vary between different cultures on the, on in the uh in the world but there are also some there are some fundamentals that uh that, that just obviously make sense um, yeah i think i think people do have a Most people have a have a there's such there is such a thing as common sense or a common sense of what is right and wrong of justice and injustice because if there wasn't we'd never we would we'd never feel that it was an injustice if we didn't have an idea of what justice was and I think that's uh, constantly being uh, invoked by anarchists and people who don't know they're anarchists but are feeling those same same feelings where we we compare what our own sense of right and wrong is with what the what the government the state says right and wrong is which is you know what they they think they say that lawful and unlawful is the same as right and wrong but it's uh but it's not because we've all got our own inner moral compass any genocide or holocaust or atrocities that's happened in the past when they happened they were all legal i mean the government to well, the government to began the genocide or the holocaust or in all different societies of the past when when those things happened they were legal yes yeah exactly yeah 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 <laughs> so it's relative yeah, it's, it's yeah i don't i think you some sometimes legal and, and illegal would coincide with uh with right and wrong obviously you know murder is well it's, it's generally illegal though as you say some the wars are not always illegal are they you know they're often legal and yet they're, they're, that's that's killing people as well so yeah they no, they don't it's coincidental if they happen to amount to the same thing i think there's no direct relationship because if i did uh, half the things that most governments do i would be put away for life yeah yeah exactly but you yeah. know anarchy requires a lot of responsibility on the individual so mm. it would be i mean i see it as very difficult to create an uh, such a society i mean it would take generations because it has to be you know you have to change your upbringing because you have to because nowadays you know i live in a very socialistic country and um, you know everybody expects the government to take care of them but if it was an anarchy society you know they'll have to like be more individual and responsible for themselves 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It would. It wouldn't. People wouldn't adapt to that overnight. Certainly, I don't know how many generations it would take. Though, I mean, if you think how few generations it's been for us to have reached the point we're at today, you know, it's only. Uh, you know, it's only to living memory directly, isn't it, that, 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 would, that would influence people. And there may be some assumptions that they'd, they'd inherited from their parents that had, had lived during that previous period. But uh, I think especially if you, if, if you think, that, like I do, that the way that the, the anarchist way of living is, is more um, suited to our... Uh, it's more what we're meant to live. I mean, I would say natural, without saying that it's inevitable, which doesn't mean it's inevitable in any way, but I'd say it corresponds to our inner needs more than the society in which we live in today. So I don't think it would be difficult for people to adapt to living in a way that uh, conforms to basic human requirements for, you know, fulfilling our potential and living the sort of life that most of us would want to live. Because we're, 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 if we take an example like uh, homosexuality, where, where I live, uh, about two and a half generations ago, uh, you know, they almost got sterilized and, you know, it was illegal completely. And, and now it's almost to the point where you don't even have to be ashamed about it. Uh, and and uh, so in that, in that mm. the subject, it would have taken like two, three generations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, and again, that's a, that's a positive move in that it's, uh, you know, you, you, I think the, uh, the prejudice was something artificially created maybe by, maybe by the church or, you know, by various elements in society, but it's, People aren't naturally like that. People don't are not are not full of uh, distrust and hatred and all the time. Yeah, so to release people from those these 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 bad opinions, these negative opinions, is is, is perhaps easier than trying to uh, trying to cr- crush the positive opinions that have been uh, that have disappeared from our cultures over the over the centuries of, uh, of domination and oppression. If you look at history of the human race, I mean for almost 99% of the time for a hundred hundred thousand years i guess we lived in a kind of anarchy society but each little you know tribe they had their own set of rules and i guess that would be probably the most easy or logical way that you know this area of the country we want to live like this and in this other area we want if you want to do something else you can move there or uh, yeah. How do you see it? Yeah, no, I think so. I think that's, I think that's what that, that's what you've got to got to imagine because uh, there's no way you can uh, certainly if you, you know if you're talking about anarchism, you can't be talking about imposing any particular way of of, of living on people, even in, even from now, even looking at the future. I can't say, you know, an anarchist society would be this because by definition, an anarchist society is something that, that emerges from within. It's people, the people who will be there at that time making that decision collectively. So it, it would inevitably be that, that people, and people will develop their own particular ways of, of organizing the society and living. And, and that's, that's how it should be, I think. Of course, I, I prefer uh, direct experience. So what I'm going to say now is secondhand source. But, you know, Switzerland apparently is one of the few countries that have direct democracy. And uh, there's like one state where mosques are not allowed and then there's another state where 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 they are allowed 
so and there's other you know like in one state they can smoke cannabis in another state they cannot so people like move where they where it fits them the most that's the i mean it's still far away from an anarchist country but it's like yeah. close to the the concept you know yeah i mean that's the vague principle i suppose isn't it yeah yeah is there an anarchist kind of uh, society or community not not a small scale but like a bigger one in the world right now anywhere uh, I don't know. Well, I suppose there's maybe I don't. I mean, there's maybe the Zad in in France is a sort of anarchist community, but I don't know what scale you meant. You meant a whole sort of whole territory or country? Yeah, or, or a little village or a town or yeah, something. Well, oh yeah, I think there are lots. There are lots of communities and towns that have been taken over. Small towns maybe that are living that way. But I, you know, I haven't got a list of them or anything. But the the, the experiment in um, in uh, near Nantes. You know, uh, you know about the, the Zad protest camp against. There's, there's an airport that they're planning to uh, to build uh, to replace the current one, and there's been a long-running struggle. And this has involved people living in the woods, you know, building uh, cabins. And I think they've taken over some uh, some farms that were uh, evacuated, evicted by the state, and so on. And uh, there's a big area there which is is it's a sort of uh, a sort of temporary ad- autonomous zone, really. You know, like in the Hakim Bay sort of way. And uh, the police don't go in it now. The French state has withdrawn. I mean, they're constantly threatening to go and evict it, but it'll, it'll take some doing. And, and I think you know, the way they're living, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know whether everybody there is uh, consciously living in an anarchist way, but that's, that's, you know, that's one of the nearest examples that I can think of anyway. But what would you do if you had like a community of, of anarchists and then suddenly one of the people living there decides he wants to do something that all the other people dislike immensely, but they can't really impose their will on him or her. But it's like such a conflict that, I mean, how would you solve such an is- issue? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it all just comes down to it being on a, a human level, really. I think things are a lot easier to... To resolve, it'd be like if you were sharing a, if you were sharing a house with a lot of a lot of friends, and some dispute arose. You know, you just have to sort these things out between yourselves, or you know, or in a or in a large family or whatever. There will, you know, there will always be there will always be arguments with people. But if things are on a human level, somehow they're more manageable and uh, more easily resolved one way or the other. And it may be that this person just decides they'd go and rather live, rather go and live somewhere else, for example. But I think it's a question of uh, of um, being thoughtful about it, partly, and um, having a having a culture at which people listen to each other, respect each other's views, don't project things onto them, and sort of uh, you know get carried away and condemning people and insulting them. Of course, this is, I mean this is a you know we have these problems all the time within activist communities, and uh, so it's an ongoing. Uh, it's an ongoing practical issue as well, isn't it, for a lot of people? But um, it's something to work on, isn't it? I mean, I'd like to think that that is, um, if we're looking for progress to inspire the human species, rather than be looking at uh, inventing yet more machines and uh, devices to pollute and destroy the the planet with, we should be looking at uh, emotional progress in each of us and also collective progress in how we deal with each other, how we live with each other, how we treat other human beings psychologically isn't it don't you feel it's difficult to to be an anarchist in this society i mean you can't really 
force everybody to be anarchists or and it doesn't look like it's going to happen tomorrow so isn't it i mean how do you deal with uh, you know knowing it's the road is long but and you still have to follow all these rules and if you don't you know they put you in prison if there's you know because some laws should be broken because they don't they hurt anybody or you know mm. yeah yeah I, i think it is i mean it's obviously more difficult the more that you uh actively decide to uh, defy those rules. Uh, but then it's also difficult to um, be an anarchist if you don't make the, take the responsibility of defying them because then you're not really being a, a proper anarchist. So it's, yeah, I think it's difficult. For, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult line to walk and everybody finds their own way of dealing with it. Unfortunately, some people who are the most courageous and determined end up burning out entirely because there's, there's, anybody's only got so much energy you know people are people who are constantly being uh, constantly putting themselves on the line and being arrested and appearing in court and going to prison and so on it's not it's not an easy ride is it if you take that if you take that route so, but luckily there's always um there's always more people coming <laughs> along afterwards you know there's new generations emerging all the time as part of the uh, as part of the human species is a self-regenerating uh, organism so uh Uh, and, we, and with each with each new person comes a new energy. And um, the important thing to me in in any in any one individual anarchist life is to to keep the flag flying. You know, keep the ideas alive, to to act in a way that uh, can inspire other people to come in the future, and to you know just to keep do what you can. You know, you, nobody can uh, nobody can imagine that they can single handedly. Uh, bring down the uh, the capitalist empire or something but uh, you can you, you can all play uh, play a part to the best of your abilities i also think it's kind of a state of mind so even if you know you have to do certain things otherwise the government's going to come after you you can still you know if you if you knowingly know what you're doing even if you don't agree with it i mean it's still like it's you know you're not blindly following the laws you know you you are aware of them and why they're stupid mm. but you know i mean i don't know how much that helps but for me personally it's uh, it's also a, a state of mind uh, yeah definitely it's um It is. It's freeing yourself from um, it's freeing yourself from fear. A lot of it, isn't it? Fear of uh, of not conforming to society's rules and being prepared to put principle first, and uh, which we shouldn't be afraid of doing. Because I mean, that's probably the problem, isn't it? Not enough people do that. Too many people are, are ducking the responsibility and thinking that oh well, it's not for me. It's not for me to do that. Somebody else will do that. And sometimes that's maybe the danger when we uh, when they. You know, people who maybe would agree with us think that there are already these these bunch of um, activists or militants who are going to sort it all out, and all they have to do is is sit back and watch. You know, and we we need we need everybody to take to accept the responsibilities of um, of standing up for for the, uh, for that innate sense of justice that I referred to earlier. That I think we do know what's right and wrong, and you often hear people express that but it's another step to actually be prepared to to sacrifice something of your own even even your own convenience you know your own comfort in order to to try and protect what you think is good and proper something that can be confusing to people also that he, that read about anarchy is that you know normally you would see it as being very anti-capitalist 
but there's also a form of capitalistic anarchy, but, you know, it's a different form where, you know, because there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, creating, you know, creating a business if it's good for everybody around you and you're not, like, walking over people and, you know, have the freedom of uh, trading or selling or whatever, but, you know, the capitalism we're living in today is is a bit, is a different beast. Yeah, I mean... Um and I don't like the. I don't think you can. I don't think you can be a an anarcho-capitalist. I don't think that can exist because I think that anarchism is the opposite of capitalism in you know in many ways. So that, uh, I mean, I would I'd rather see a, man, uh, a world without without money. You know, that's my idea of an anarchist society. So more bar- bartering and trading, like exchanging. Yeah, and sharing. You know, and um, as much as possible. Um, so I mean, I, in, the, in the reality of the world we live in, I wouldn't condemn somebody for, uh, you know, having a, a small shop selling organic vegetables or something. I don't, you know, you got to you got to take it in perspective. Also, it's very common for anarchists to be atheists because normally, you know, most religions, their god is almost like the government. You know, it's uh, have all these laws and rules. But there's also other forms where, you know, God is not uh, um, this uh, paternal uh, boss, uh, where it's more like, you know, nature and energy and, you know, I never come across a a, a, a real anarchist that are also like spiritual. They are all usually, from, from my perspective, the people I've met, they're usually hardcore atheists as well. Are you that as well? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, I don't, I don't believe, I'm, I'm an atheist, but uh, only in the sense that I don't believe in God as a separate entity. I'm more, uh, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm very much into the idea of the universe as being an organic entity, which is sort of uh, almost neo-Platonist idea, really. It's like, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's that hermetic tradition that has, uh, that has, that has come down over the... Uh, millennia in an underground fashion and surfaces from time to time in various various belief systems and i I'm, i think that is one of the key the key connections between uh, metaphysics and anarchism is that uh, is this rejection of authority that the the authority that we're, we're battling against on the on the mundane physical level ultimately is sourced by the authorities to this idea of a of a divine authority so to reject a separate god who is a uh, an authority figure is and to uh, to regard the the living vitality of the universe which some people would some people who are, who are who are who are believers would call god i suppose but i don't but you know they, it's that same idea of this universal vital force if you embrace that as a form of spirituality you're opposing the authoritarian idea of religion which has been such a problem for uh, for anarchists over the uh, over the years yeah, because if, you know, if the whole universe is one conscious, let's call it God, uh, for, so people can understand what we're talking about, uh, it why would it even need to be uh, controlling? I mean, it would just, you know, it's like the ocean. The ocean doesn't need to tell the fish what to do. The ocean just is. It's so powerful that it doesn't matter, you know, what the little things that live in it do or don't do, you know, it 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 just exists. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say we, you know, we're not so much like uh, fish in the in the ocean as being as, as drops of water in the ocean, or you know, we're, but we're we're also we're the only way that the we and all the other physical things in the universe are the only ways in which the universe actually physically exists. So we're also shaping it and being it. It's, we're not powerless. Well, I don't see people as being just these, you know, sort of sort of pawns or puppets of some great universe that is the big wheels turning and we're just swept along by destiny but we're actually by our living we're actually its means of being uh, self-aware and of, uh, of interacting and and forming the uh, the path which which becomes the future as as, as as we move through that process how did you uh, discover your anarchist views did they evolve naturally or was it a book you read or a mentor or um well it was, you know, it was reading really though i suppose read it was more a question of a, a lot of people i've spoken to have had the same thing actually is that they 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 read some anarchist stuff and then realized that that, that was what they thought or recognized themselves in it so maybe these were ideas i'd already had but then i i hadn't realized that that's what anarchism was you know i think um i think it was proudhon uh, it was george woodcock's books on anarchism actually that i first read and he was he talked a bit about proudhon and I was quite impressed by by that at the time. I've you know I've, I've moved on through uh, for other areas since, but um, yeah, so it was it was, but it was um, it was through reading rather than knowing anyone personally. Yeah. Do you um, do? And you said you were re- uh, writing yourself. Uh, can you talk a bit about what you're writing? Yeah, yeah. Um well I've um I've mostly written uh, non-fiction at the moment. Uh I wrote a a book called The Anarchist Revelation a couple of years ago which is uh explores the the similarities and uh potential potential uh mm, synergies between uh anarchist ideas and uh, spiritual ideas and uh then after that I wrote uh, the stifled soul of humankind which is more of a, an historical approach talking about how uh, the prevailing dominant system has felt the need to crush all genuine um, outbursts of uh well you could loosely call it anarchism but I'm going back a little before that in some cases all sort of senses of, of communal belonging and sense of uh a sense of uh, spiritual belonging to the to the universe that I mentioned previously just now, but about looking at in, in a historical sense. And then I wrote a book called Forms of Freedom, which is more abstract, just about the philosophy of what uh, what I think freedom is and how it uh, revolves around a, a symbiosis between uh, the individual and the collectivity and between how freedom is in itself closely allied to the idea of responsibility because it's only by accepting responsibility that we're, that we're actually free to be what we're really meant to be, who we're really meant to be. And then uh, finally, recently, I published um, a book, a novel called The Fakir of Florence, which is, uh, it's, it actually contains a lot of the other ideas. It's the, <laughs> maybe I always say the same thing deep down in, every, in everything I write, but this is, a, this is in the form of a novel. Don't you also write yeah. to figure out what you actually think? It, it certainly helps, yeah. 
I mean, it gives a, I mean, it gives a good structure for uh, for when you're reading things as well. If you if you're thinking all the time, oh, how would this fit in with this this latest thing I'm, uh, this latest argument I'm going to be making, or this latest theory that I've, uh, I'm trying to work out, and you know, it, 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 I find it's an in, yeah, it's an inspiring framework for for your own personal journey, and in, in that way, it wouldn't make any difference if. Uh, if nobody read the uh, ever read, read anything I wrote, you know, it's 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 the journey rather than the destination. Sometimes, isn't it? You know? So, uh, how do you think uh, the next few years in the world is is looking? I mean, uh, it mm-hmm. seems to be getting worse and worse. But I, I'm I'm starting to think that it is good that you know this famous saying of you know just let all these people climb as high as they can because the fall is just going to be harder yeah yeah um i think there are there are definitely cracks appearing on there all the time i mean i've been unfortunately i've been predicting that the whole system's gonna gonna fall apart for for so long now that i've, uh, I've almost stopped saying it. It, it it seemed imminent for for quite a while but um and i don't want to i don't want to sound like uh I don't want to start saying that there's an, a historical inevitability to it either, but uh, but certainly it's I don't it's it's not sustainable. I mean, one of two things is going to happen: either they they continue to the, the, the capitalist industrial system continues to 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 keep its control, to keep the control that it's got now, and we all die, <laughs> you know, because they would have just completely polluted the planet and completely. Everybody would be dropping dead with cancers from all the nanotechnology and the, the microwaves everywhere, and you know it's it can't continue. Well, it could continue that way, but it would be disastrous. Or it'll start to uh, fall apart. And um, I think once it started to fall apart, it would very quickly finish falling apart because it's it's probably got quite a fragile hold on people, as as can be uh, as you can tell by the way that they uh, there's this general panic every time they. Uh, the signs of the population getting restive, you know, and the, that people might uh, might stop obeying and might start uh, declaring their autonomy. It, I'm sure, it strikes me that from the from the point of view of, the, of, the, of our rulers, that we we don't normally see the world through through their eyes, but through their eyes, it, I think it looks very precarious, and they're they're constantly must be constantly feel that they're trying to keep the lid on something that is bubbling and boiling away, and constantly on the on the point of, of of bursting out and overwhelming them and, and just destroying it, and, and once those once those that infrastructure of control starts to crack, it's all. I think it's all just going to crumble because everybody's, you know, people will start coming out of the of the woodwork all over the place and just reclaiming their autonomy in a, a thousand, a million different ways. And I think I think you've got to. Um, I've got to. You know, I, I believe that is possible. Well, obviously, it's possible. It's possible, but it's not. It's not definite. So you can be hopeful without being hopeful in a sort of uh, complacent way where you're just expecting it to happen by just sitting back. But you you can be hopeful in a positive sense of saying, well, if we keep fighting away, if we keep putting these messages out here, if we keep connecting between various campaigns and struggles and keep these ideas and information circulating, then uh, maybe we can help that happen. Do you think there ever could be uh, a... uh... Uh, a relationship that works between uh, like a dom- do- democratic community that is anarchistic or is that a complete contradiction? Well, 
So I didn't quite get what you meant. Um, well, well, if you have a democratic society, I mean, everybody in the world is always talking about our oh, democracy. We have to protect democracy, but you know, it doesn't yeah. really work with anarchy because if fifty-one percent has a stupid idea, you know, uh, why should I do what they say? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, it's, so many words get get misused and devalued. I mean, democracy should should be the same as anarchism, really, because it should just be people, uh, you know, people running their own lives, shouldn't it? Like, sort of, well, the, the basic definition of it. But it's, it's this representational level that gets in the way that democracy, as it's presented to us, is that you hand over your power to someone else and then have to then have to do what they say because you've 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 participated in this electoral process, which has given them a blank check to do whatever they want for the next five years, and uh, you know, and you've selected them out of a limited list of candidates and. And you've uh, been told by the media who's good and who's bad and who's plausible and who's not plausible and so on. And obviously, democracy has presented it to us now as a joke, and it's not, you know, it's, it's pointless. But a real, a real, a real democracy you know, or a, an anarchy, an anarchy, which is to me should be the same as democracy, would be uh, would be another thing altogether. That would be just people deciding from the grassroots upwards how they're going to live their lives yeah you know nowadays you know i uh, if i want to uh, or if not just me but if anybody wants to use uh, their bank you know they can log into uh, you know they can verify their identity with an app and so it would be very easy with technology these days to to have direct democracy you know the government if you know if they want to have a government they can just send out a text message to every citizen's phone and say you want to want us to drill oil here or not and then you verify your identity and you say yes or no you know it could be you, you wouldn't really need rep- representative democracy anymore with with the technology it would be very easy yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that. That's true. To that's true within the within the context of our society. Yeah, I mean, it does show that they're not interested in democracy. That they, though they have easily got the means of of asking people directly, they choose not to. And it's obvious why that they don't do that because the, that's not the way the system is designed. That's the last thing they want is for people to be able to decide what to do. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't propose a, a technological solution to uh, for. You know, firstly, because I don't think that the, the, the use of uh, industrial technology is a useful way forward because it's not sustainable. Secondly, because I mean, they could they could they could fix it as well, couldn't they? I mean, you know, they could say that they were asking everybody, but they could just um, come up with a completely different response to the one that had, uh, had in fact been made by the public. And um, you know, I don't really, you know, I wouldn't trust the authorities to to, to do it properly because but then they're not going to they're not even going to risk going that far it's, uh, there's uh, the question doesn't really arise except hypothetically you know the w- the word authority you know comes from the word author which just means basically they are the ones who wrote whatever is the authority you know so <laughs> yeah yeah well it's self um it's always self justifying isn't it i mean who the whole the, like the whole thing about land ownership and and so on you know who's who is it that says that um, somebody claims to own the land? You're just walking, you know, you're walking around in the, in the, in the forest somewhere on a part of the planet, uh, planet Earth, and, you, and somebody says, "No, I own this." Well, who says you own this? You know, well, I've got a bit of paper here, and who, who, who filled in the bit of paper? Oh, it was this judge, you know, or a, a, some sort of government official. Who says that he's legit? He's got the legitimacy to do that, you know, and that's come from some other, some other character in a suit sitting in an office, or from, a, from some somebody who says he's the. 
is the prime minister or the king or the you know and ultimately they claim to be a, have been appointed by um, the church or by god or something and it's all just it's all just a, just a huge scam isn't it it's just a, it's, why do we why do we accept these people's word for it that they 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 have any power over us at all and the only thing they've ultimately got is the physical power that they have actually they've actually employed people with big sticks to come and beat us up if we don't do what they say and that's that's ultimately what their authority rests on and whether those those people would be you know it's obviously i'm talking about the police but also the whole the whole judicial system where they can physically take you and fling you into jail and so on it's it's physical violence it's the the the, the, the abstract authority is just a it's just a, a mask for that it's just a, a polite acceptable mask that people people are conned into going along with I remember eight years ago when when Obama became president and he he ran on this campaign where he said change a lot that things were going to change and I, I, I was the only I was the only one in in my community that said he's not going to change shit but uh, and uh, as we saw through these eight years there wasn't any change at all uh, it was just no. the only the only change was a, a, a new name for a, a new person who was president. And then uh, I can't believe people are so forgetful because now when Bernie Sanders and all this stuff with this pre presidential election, you know, I said, well, first of all, if he, if Bernie Sanders would be elected, he would not be able to do anything uh, what he says. And secondly, he would not be elected because Hillary will be president. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that was decided 10 years ago <laughs> already. <laughs> Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, no, you can't believe anyway, can you? And I mean, I know it's it's very frustrating when when people do seem to to forget so rapidly. <laughs> it's, it never. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just something you. I don't know why some people can't see that. Actually, maybe they watch too much television or something. They just, you know, they they've, they've lost they've lost leave of their senses anyway if they believe all that rubbish. Because they always go like, oh, it's the first black president or it's the first female president. Well, they might as well just have a Down syndrome president or, uh, yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, they can continue that ad, yeah, ad infinitum, can't they? Just a different different novelty value breakthrough, but it's all just the same. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, yeah. there's a part of me that really wants Donald Trump to be president because I thought it was pretty good when George Bush was president because the... The way they did business was people got more annoyed and angry. You know, Obama got kind of like a free pass to do things. So I thought he was more dangerous because, you know, when Bush was president, I mean, I've never seen so much demonstrations and outrage and people were wanting to change things. But, you know, that all calmed down with Obama. And that's why I think it would be better if Trump was president because, you know, um, yeah. he, he would create more of a chaos uh good yeah. chaos. yeah possibly yeah but and then yeah i don't know it's <laughs> it's difficult to you know you don't yeah it's difficult to say isn't it you don't really want to be wishing for <laughs> do things have to get much worse before they get better or oh, i don't know it's no, I mean, I know like, what you mean. You doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's Hillary or Trump. They're, they're going to go to the same war anyway, whatever war yeah. they've got planned. I just mean it's it's more obvious for people that this is an yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean entirely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's not. Uh, 
it's, it's less subtle, isn't it? It's, it's more blatant. But I think they are becoming generally, uh, they're generally becoming more blatant. You know, that they're, uh, as the, I mean, that's one of the most, one of the hopeful, hopeful signs, I think, is that, the, you know, the, 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 the cracks are showing and that the, it's not quite as smooth anymore. And uh, they're starting to complain about the, the fact that uh, all this information is being circulated around uh, social media and so forth, you know, and, which means that they feel they have not got that com- complete control over people's uh, people's minds that they'd like to, you know. There's so I think, and, and I mean, obviously, all, there are governments all over the place are getting uh, very authoritarian and very violent with the, the police cr- cracking down on people. I mean, I don't know if you've been following what's been happening in France, but the you know the levels of repression doled out against the uh, opponents of the uh, the new neoliberal Labour laws that they're bringing in has been quite incredible and uh, i think it's been a wake-up call for a lot of the uh a lot of people who might not have thought in that way might have not have thought of the state in that way especially as a, a state that's supposedly socialist but they uh you know they've been cracking down on um trade unionists and all sorts of people who who are becoming whose eyes have been um opened a bit to, to the nature of of what the system is and what it will do if it's if it, if it feels under threat. I think that's the main thing. That if it doesn't, if, if nobody's really threatening the status quo, they don't need to be violent and repressive. They can just, you know, trundle along with the uh, with the impression of everything being nice and democratic and calm. But the moment that there's a, there's a, they feel that there's a, they're being challenged in some way, then they're forced to show their hand. So maybe, maybe that's the same phenomenon you're talking about with the idea of uh, of, of, of Trump being. Uh, president that it would it would make it much more obvious as to what sort of system we're living under yeah and the, the only thing that scares me is that they've used this all this terrorism stuff to implement laws where if you are objecting to something even though you're not violent about it you could still become you know classed as terrorist and then they can mm. uh, do what, whatever they want you know so that's i think that's the most scary thing yeah, it is scary, and it's you know something something that needs to be highlighted that it's happening. I mean, it's been going on for years, hasn't it? The the various terrorism laws. I remember there was one that was brought in in uh, in the UK, and around I think it's around two thousand or so. That was uh, that was even before um, that was even before nine eleven. Uh, yeah, I think so. Anyway, and it was even at that stage they were starting to re- redefine terrorist as being. Uh, you know, anybody who uh, wants, to, basically anybody who wants to change things other than by elections or something like that, you know, it was, it was very broadly drafted. And it was obvious at the time when that was, yeah, it was around 2000 because it was just after uh, Seattle and, uh, you know, the um, 1999 uh, Carnival Against Capital in London when there was that big anti-globalization uprising that seemed to be spreading at you know, all the big summit protests and so on. And it was very obvious at the time that that was that this anti-terrorism legislation was being really being targeted, not at terrorists at all, but at anti-capitalist protesters. And uh, and of course, since uh, since 9/11, that has just uh, spiraled beyond uh, beyond belief. The, the way that that's just used, it's used as a justification for anything. I mean, the French state at the moment is using the uh, the law, the state of emergency. To, against protesters, which is the, which is what they brought in after the uh, the uh, you know the 
terrorist attacks in November in Paris, and it's unashamedly just being 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 used against domestic protesters, not against terrorists at all. So, yeah, it's it's reaching the point where they're almost they've almost um, merged the concept of dissident and terrorist, doesn't it? It's the same thing to them. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, people always call me conspiracy theorist uh, when I say this, but I always think those the, the, those terrorists are indirectly or directly working for the government. I mean, because it it suits their agenda pretty good. You know, it's if if I want to control the population, I would like to have some terrorists to mm. scare people. Yeah, I mean, we know. I mean, we know for a fact that that's what was happening in uh, in uh, the the 1980s in Italy. You know, with all the uh, the strategy of tension. Uh, I suspect you probably know about the uh, the whole Gladio network that was uh, that was in existence at the time that there was uh, that was unveiled in around uh, 1990, which is uh, a NATO-run operation basically with uh, cells of uh, what originally were anti-communist, supposedly anti-communist uh, fighters or stay-behind guerrillas, you know, in case of the, a Russian invasion or something, but were in fact used. To, to carry out various disguised terrorist attacks that were, uh, were some of which were blamed on far left groups and some of which were carried out in association with fascists, but but used in any case, in either case to justify new ter- anti-terrorist laws, a state of fear where people are, are turning to the to the state to protect them from this from this enemy within. And it was it was all deliberately planned, and that is you know that's on the record from from that period. And you know you can uh, you can make come to your own conclusions as to whether that uh, sort of methodology has uh, remained in use since then. So, are you hopeful for the future, or I mean, the, your your own future to your own life, and also after your life? Mm. Well. Um, I think it's. I think, as I said earlier, it's, it's. I think you can be. You can only be hopeful if you if you uh, if you're prepared to take a, an active role in some way in voicing, at least very, the very least, voicing your opinions. You know, I don't think. I don't think. I don't like it. I don't think you can be hopeful and by thinking that things are going to work out all right because they might not. You know, you, but you can be. You can be hopeful in the sense of expressing the, uh, the a positive uh, a positive uh, encouragement for for the idea that things could change because it is possible. It's always possible. You know, the, this is about, this is one of the one of the tricks I think that the uh, the dominant system has is that it it depicts the future as being already decided. The future will be a move in the direction that we want it to be. It's going to be more and more. More and more industrial capitalism. People are going to have to. People are going to have to do this and that. You know, people are going to have to adapt to that. People are going to have to be more flexible. People are going to. They're telling us that the way we've got to live, and they're they're dictating what the future has got to be. Well, that's not true. The future doesn't isn't there yet, and it but it's going to be formed by those of us who are alive at the moment. And everything that we do counts. Everything any single person does. It's going to it's going to be it's going to take its place in the uh, on the scales of, of, of which direction the future is going to going to go. So um, yeah, hopeful in the sense that, 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 that there is obviously hope that we can change things for the better, but not hopeful in the sense that yes, it's going to it's going to get better anyway. There's no point in doing anything. We just need to sit back. 
that answers your question. As far as my own individual life is concerned, I don't, I don't know when it's going. I don't think we, we know things we're going to uh, when things are going to change. But uh, you know, you just have to uh, try and play your own uh, your own role in the, in the process of trying to improve things. I think. So, if people want to read uh, your, uh, you have a blog also, uh, and your books, where can they find these things? Yeah, well, um, the books are all published by Winter Oak uh, Press, which is um, which has got a website at Winter Oak. Uh, I don't remember what it is now? Uh, Winteroak dot org dot uh, uk. And uh, I've also got a uh, a blog uh, a blog site at uh, Network Twenty Three. Uh, it's uh, Network Twenty Three dot org slash Paul Kudnak. I'll also post these links in the program notes so people can click easily. Okay. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you a lot for for talking to me. It, uh, I've been looking for uh, an anarchist to talk to for a while, but they're difficult to find. So uh, I really wanted to talk about anarchy. Um, oh well. No, it's been very interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. To check out Paul's website, go to network23.org forward slash Paul Kudenik, where you will find his books and essays. And that's network23.org forward slash Paul C-U-D-E-N-E-C. And uh, I'll post uh, this and some other links in the program notes on nationalbornalchemist.com as well as the links of uh, Living Dog, which is uh, the band we are going to listen to now. Uh, The track is King of Roaches and the album is Summer Homes. And the band, as I said, is Living Dog. And you can find them at livingdogsongs.com. So check that out if you like what you hear. Uh, So that's it for this week. See you next Sunday. Freedom is in the mind. Well, I push my broom through the halls where sickness Yeah.
Thank you.